Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I am your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Hello there. Welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. I'm super stoked. I have Stephanie Bales on with us today. Thank you, Stephanie, for coming on. (laughs) Yeah, one of my favorite artists here in San Diego. We always connect at um, art events and just things around San Diego all the time. And she's got a featured show coming up at Sparks Gallery that we're going to dive into. So I definitely wanted to get her on so that you all can get to know Stephanie before we do her artist talk in person. And then, of course, if you're a designer that's not in San Diego, you need to know who Stephanie is as well. Um, so that's part of the intention here. What I'm going to do is open up our space by lighting a candle just to get really grounded and centered and present with okay, you, Stephanie. Um, I like to work with the element of fire. It's just that beautiful creative element that we all sort of work with. And then I'm also going to pull a crystal card. I've got a deck here by Bouchette Design. It's the Radiant Crystal deck, which I've been playing with for quite a while. And we're just going to see what what we get here today what crystal sunstone empowerment freedom and originality yes amazing uh connect sacral chakra more creativity this is um the affirmation is i shine from inside from the inside out and full of energy the energy of sunstone draws in luck and good fortune it helps clear out the chakras heightens our intuition urges our inner light to shine outward. Its cheerful nature increases vitality, encourages independence, and strengthens courage. So I love that. Yeah. Me too. Some good old sunstone. Um, Stephanie, uh, first question that I always start with is, what is home? What's home for you at the moment? Oh, um, I feel like I always have a couple. I mean, the cliche is like, my family is my home. Um, you know, I feel like life is so scattered right now. I'm always being pulled in a million different directions. So whenever I'm just like in my my house um, with my family, I've got two young boys. Um, I just feel grounded then because I'm not in that space often. But um, 
More specifically, I'm also someone who loves my bed. Like I love to be in bed, <laughs> to work from bed. We all have like oh. movie nights in bed. I just, I'm one, I'm one of those people. I know you shouldn't. Everyone says don't, you know, do anything from your bed, but I just, it's my cozy spot, so. Amazing, I love that. I love, yeah, beds and naps are like my, my things. I'm so excited that that's yours too. <laughs> I I would love to know because you know I've I've known you for several years. I don't think I've ever asked you like how you got into this world of art. Like, what does that look like? Have you always been like very artistic as a young age? Like, how did all this come to be? Yeah, I mean, I'll try to make it a shorter story than um, it can be. But I mean, I like to tease that my my mom teases that I like was born with crayons in my hand. Um, it was always something that I just intuitively was like there never was a time where I was like, oh, now I'm interested in art or like maybe I'll pursue, you know, being an artist. It's just always what I was. And and more so than anything, I actually had to kind of like fight myself in saying that that doesn't make sense and that isn't something I should do. Um, but yeah, as, as long as I can possibly remember, um, you know, I've been an artist, I've been making things, I've been building things. Um, every facet. So, you know, I did the AP art in high school, um, my undergrad degree, I do have a BFA, um, which is like the equivalent of a fine art, um, you know, an art school degree um, in painting. Um, and then I, this is like where it gets kind of jumbled, but, but basically I, I wanted to have a couple backup plans. I never wanted to like graduate from college, have a painting degree and like move to the city and try to make it. That was just not my lifestyle that's not kind of what I wanted um that's also just not my yeah my personality I wasn't confident at the time you know over 20 years ago either like so social media didn't exist like the outlets were very narrow so um I went back and I got my um, graduate degree I was gonna do it in um art education I thought I would teach while kind of building out my you know my portfolio my career my clientele that sort of thing um ended up slightly switching and I I decided Kind of after my first semester, I might pursue art therapy. I feel like for me, um, being an, an, a teacher is kind of something that's also intuitive. And I was sort of bored by the program, to be honest. So I switched to educational counseling and I wrote my master's thesis on art therapy practices um, with students on kind of the neurodiversity spectrum. So that was kind of what, what my backup plan would be, you know, always the idea of being an artist full time. That was the goal, but um, it was never something I was putting too many eggs into one basket around. So um, fortunately, when I was wrapping up my grad degree, I got a job teaching a figure drawing class at Platt College, um, which okay. is a local design, multimedia design college out here. Um, and that turned into a, a 10 year professorship. I ended up being there full time teaching a myriad wow. of classes. Yeah, for over a decade. And during that time, I really spent, um, you know, a lot of energy, of course, like teaching myself as well. They always say, you know, um, teaching is the best way to learn. So learning a lot about more about art history, about contemporary art and design, about kind of trends, um, all of that. Um, but also building out my portfolio, building out my client list. I started showing with a couple of galleries, um, Sparks Gallery, which you mentioned, we'll be returning to um, being one of them. So just kind of starting to establish building my name and my brand and my portfolio. Um, and then, yeah, it was right around after 10 years, I just felt like I had had, I had uh, my first son who was three at that point. 
and I was trying to do the professorship and kind of be home with him a bit and tackle all of the now like, you know, the fine artwork for my for my own business. And I just couldn't manage it all. So, um, you know, I after 10 years put in my uh, put in my, I guess, two weeks. So you say my resignation at the college and decided to just really kind of go full throttle into my art career and really focus on it and see what could come. So that was in 2018. Um, okay. So I've been doing full time art for over five years now. Amazing. Um, and when I know, you put yeah, when you put your two weeks in, were you already? Did you already have an established clientele? I'm asking because I think a lot of designers can also relate to this idea. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have like an established clientele? You set yourself up, or did you have a goose egg, or were you kind of like done and then you went in? Like, what was yeah. that? So, I mean, it was definitely scary um, because I had loved having that kind of dependable income. Um, You know, I I did have basically it was at the point where I was turning down work because I didn't have the capacity to do everything I was doing. So I was getting enough work at the time that, you know, I was having to say no to projects that I wanted to do. So at that point, yes, like I felt confident enough that I had established enough. But I definitely didn't have like, you know, a full-time income that I was making from the work. It was just, I felt like this strange momentum that was just, it was just like, felt like the right time. Um, I do always say, because I get asked about this all the time, that like, I am married, I do have a spouse who has an income. And so while we are dependent on both, um, and my business has been from the get-go fully supported, like I have had no outside funding, my husband's you know, job supports, you know, helping pay our bills. Like there was no money that I had starting out with. It was just kind of a free for all and like a, you know, a hope that things would pan out the way I intended them. But it's not like I was going to be destitute and like homeless if it didn't work out because I do have a partner. So I do like to say that because I know a lot of, you know, women are like, you know, it's now feels like right, but like, how do you know? So that did make it a little bit easier. Um, but I know you really will resonate. You know, I I know that you're a very spiritual person um, and I try to tap into that as much as I can, but I truly like believe in, in like timing and the power of manifestation and just like kind of things aligning as they should. And this has happened kind of miraculously or spontaneously a number of times in my life. But, um, you know, I, I gave my two weeks at the, um, at the call, or not my two weeks. I technically was like, this is the last class I'll be teaching. I rounded out the class and then, um, but you know, I feel like now I had this huge open space that I didn't have before. And it was within weeks of leaving that job that the opportunity to open the gallery that I now have came about. So a lot of people, because of the timing, think that one spurred the other, but it was yeah. just, I, I kind of made space. And then I had been, it's a whole nother story, but basically stalking this particular space where my gallery lives. I'd walk by it yeah. every day for years and years and years and like manifest like that's going to be my space. Like I, that's just, I'm manifesting this particular space. Um, and lo and behold, within weeks of me leaving. So I left like the end of June um, and I got the keys to the space October 1st or I'm sorry, August 1st. So, um, you know, I just, yeah, it's kind of just feels like this magical alignment of, there's something just intuitively that I knew like now's the time. And there, I can't speak to like any other 
technical points beyond that. Um, but just it just felt right. And I think like a women's intuition is very strong in that way. Absolutely. And I think there was also something else that you mentioned that you were at a point where you're actually having to turn away work because of your full-time job. And I think that is also right. very key. Like you come to a place where it's like, okay, which one is going to be more important? Which one am I going to have as priority? And, right. And I think designers too, like they might be working on a show, in a showroom or for somebody else and they're taking side jobs. And then you might come to a point where it's like, okay, I'm like, and I've had it with a few of the members where they were doing the same thing. It was like, okay, I finally have one project. It might not be like the biggest project or the dream project, but if mm -hmm. I have to take one or the other because your time is only, you only have so much. Right. Right. And I know, I feel like I, I did tangent off your initial question, but yeah, it just, I think part of it was just this intuitive sense that like now's the time. Um, and part of it, yeah, like I couldn't manage all three things. Obviously my son's going nowhere and I've already dedicated 10 years of my life to the professorship and I love teaching. So it wasn't like, I can't wait to like not be here anymore. I loved it. It was hard, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it was just like a now or never. Um, and it did, it was yeah. a little scary, but it just, um, you know, I had been working for 10 years to get to the point. Um, and I think every artist route is different. Um, but yeah, it, it, I don't have a very practical answer. It's more so just. No, yeah, I mean, that has, <laughs> it's, it's completely perfect. Yeah. And um, I love also that you had mentioned um, that you gave yourself space. Um, and that's when this new opportunity came mm -hmm. through. And I think true about everything, when you're so jam packed with all these things, there's nowhere for anything else to fit in. So by you being exactly. intentional about it, you've mm -hmm. created your opportunity to come in. And I think that's something too for, you know, designers and, and other artists that are listening to this as well. Cause I know a lot of artists listen to this as um, part of just inspiration and, and getting to know other artists. Um, that it's like when you put things in motion, the rest is gonna is gonna happen. So exactly. and I love all the yeah. manifestation walking past the gallery. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. having a very I mean I say yeah. Since then in my whole career, kind of in my life in some ways when I release control a little bit, you know, just ride the wave is what I say. Um it's so much easier than kind of getting a very specific like people often set goals and I think that's really important. But like pushing really hard in one direction when that's maybe not the direction you're meant to be doesn't feel aligned and so I kind of have always just been like you know definitely not floating definitely very intentional but like there's many different directions I could go there's all these different opportunities that I could take advantage of but like what seems the easiest like what feels like it's it's less work than the rest um yeah and I tend to just kind of you know shimmy in that direction so perfect and then speaking of your gallery, can you tell us a bit about what it's like to have a gallery of your own, have a space that's, you know, public and beautiful. And, and I'm sure there's yeah. struggles and things that we, because we just see all the beautifulness yeah. that you have. But... Right. Man, it's an undertaking. Um, so I kind of tease that, you know, I had my three-year-old, um, but it became my second baby. Like it was consuming. Um, and it's yeah it's a lot of responsibility um it's a lot even like financially like saying i'm gonna sign up for this and i'm gonna be responsible for this and who knows if business is gonna happen or do well or not um but again one of those those risks that is worthwhile um 
but it's, you know, it's an amazing. I think as an artist, it's really hard. And I show, like I said, I showed with galleries and things, but most of the time you have a couple of select works that are shown amidst a bunch of other artists' works. And it's really hard to get a feel for the essence of, of the work that you're creating or an artist is creating when you're only seeing a couple of paintings or of whatever the, whatever the work is. So I just felt like it totally, you know, I went from being an artist who had work and paintings to having a brand. Um, and I talk about that being a huge pivot point in kind of my success. So you walk into the gallery and I purposely create it. So it kind of feels like you're walking into one of my paintings. They have these clouds hanging yeah. and I, create different installations it's supposed to feel very warm and inviting and not kind of stark and white walled like the typical gallery so um very playful and light um but yeah it's almost a, a, in its essence it's really like a showroom i mean you can come in and you get a feel there's just an, a, a feeling an atmosphere when all of the work is there there's a, a defined color palette there's the the themes despite me kind of doing a lot of different things these days um, there's just this kind of consistency and this feeling that you get when you walk in, which I think defines all of my work as a whole. Um, and so I think that is incredibly valuable. Um, you know, the gallery has evolved a lot in what it was when it started. It started as, I call it in my art, at my studio gallery. So I would work from there and I had the, the you know, but um, yeah, COVID happened. And then I had my second pregnancy aligned with COVID. Um, and the things shifted a lot in kind of the, the dynamic of like the day to day and who's around, um, and who's coming into the gallery. Also just my capacity to be there five days a week. So, um, you know, now we're, I'm open on the weekends. I'm there personally on Saturday. Um, and I really do a lot of private appointments and intentional events to bring people there more so than having a, a retail space where I'm just kind of open, like a nine to five. Um, with all the other aspects and things I do for, for clients and commission work and all that, it just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And it's hard for me right now to just kind of sit there, I guess. So, um, it's always yeah. an evolution, you, you know, yeah, again, riding the wave. So, and you mentioned your brand being a huge part of your success. Can you elaborate a bit on that and how that came to be? Yeah. So. I mean, I think I, I'm kind of someone who works, hopefully I stay on point here, but who kind of works like middle out. So I, I don't think, I mean, I didn't in art school, they never talked to you about having a business as an artist. They uh -huh. talk about, about you having a practice. And I think it's such a huge disservice because I basically, I mean, to be forthright, have just been kind of like throwing darts at the wall and like seeing what sticks. Um, like there's no foundation for making a living as an artist. They say you, you know, and again, this is prior, prior to social media when I was in school, but, um, right. you know, you like try to get into the galleries. That's the route. If a gallery picks you up and then you're successful in the gallery, like maybe you'll make some money, but there's no, there's no foundation for like what it looks like to make a living. And so I kind of just started thinking about, you know, what are the different avenues I have to make an income? Um, selling paintings obviously is not consistent. As you could say, you have great months, you have not great months. There'll be like huge periods of lag. Obviously COVID was um, not great. <laughs> um, but, you know, really thinking about my offerings, like what is it that I'm, that I'm doing, that I'm capable of? Like how could I expand the, you know, the, these fine art paintings that I'm doing and like turn them into things that are more accessible um, and more maybe 
wide reaching. So, um, I mean, thinking about like creating a brand from the get go of like, you know, having a, I had a logo, but I kind of recreated my logo. Um, thinking about like brand colors, like what colors consistently show up in my work, what themes consistently show up in my work and making everything that I touch recognizable as being part of my brand in that way. Um, that really helps again to in the in the marketplace um, for kind of just building brand awareness for it just to have like a special thing that makes it very mine. Um, so I was very intentional, like I shifted away from using certain color palettes I was using. Um, and, you know, there's just a kind of really creating the strong visual and like aesthetic um, that is uniquely mine. Um, so that was one part of it. And then the second, as I started, was just thinking about how I could expand my offerings to make what I'm doing more accessible and to reach more people. And I always talk about kind of the shifting and evolution of when you're creative, um, how COVID obviously did not do well for me in terms of my selling of paintings. But during that time, I started getting a lot of mural work and inquiries. And I had done a handful, you know, it was something I kind of did as like okay. occasionally. Um, but during, I mean, basically the year 2020 and 2021, I was like a full-time muralist, um, unintentionally, wow. but you did one and then another. Um, and I think my brand really went more from kind of being, um, kind of focused on residential and like small business to much more commercial during that time. Um, so that mural work is, is half of my business, um, really in terms of the time spent and the projects I'm doing. Um, and it's been really fun because, again, it's very public versus the fine art being very private um, in the way that yeah. it's shown in its audience. Um, and then I've just started slowly from when I opened the gallery. Um, the last component is kind of building out like a product line. So I create a number mm -hmm. of custom products that I sell in the gallery. I have a couple of collaborations with other small businesses where I consign or I'm sorry, license um, the use of my work on their products and then we kind of have this mutually beneficial collaboration and partnership. Um, that's definitely something I would love to do more of um, as my capacity for that grows. Uh, but yeah, just having a greater offering, diversifying your my audience and having a really, really defined kind of visual where people recognize and say, that's a Stephanie Bales. Or even they'll see someone else's work and they'd say, this reminds me so much of what you do. Um, I think those three components were the the foundation of yeah i guess the building of my brand versus just my practice got it and then i love the collaboration aspect can you share maybe one of the collaborations like how did that come to be did they reach out to you was it a brand that yeah. you identified with or yeah so <laughs> i'm i'm fortunate enough where i um yeah i've done to this point basically like no paid marketing and very little, if any client outreach. Um, I'm just, it's kind of like yeah. a solo, like it's, it's me and my, me, myself and I, so I'm just, you know, I'm always doing the work. And I think I've somehow been fortunate enough where basically all of my clients have, or partnerships have been them coming to me. Um, and they're generally very hyper-local, like San Diego, Southern California. I have, a, I have clients all over, of course, but um, so that's been really yeah. nice. And I, I think something else, like there, I didn't have any intention of like growing and expanding too fast. I didn't want to overwhelm 
So I have this really strong local foundation and support system. And I think word of mouth is, is huge in all industries, but especially as an artist. Um, anyway, I always tell a long story to get to the point. Um, but so the two, two separate types of things, cause I think they're very different. One, um, one of my first kind of hospitality projects was Graystar Real Estate had just opened up a brand new um, uh, building called Park 12 collection in downtown in um, by the by the ballpark. Um, and yeah. they were looking for a local artist um, to have work, but obviously in like really high traffic public places, you don't want original work. So I basically licensed the right to, to use and print my image a single time. Um, or images. So I think they licensed eight different works. Um, okay. So that was one of my first. So now if you go, it's called the Park 12 Collection downtown. You walk into the lobby, and then I think I have a couple in the manager's office, um, in like the common room. So it's just reproductions of my original works kind of outfitting um, the, the condos. So that's kind of one, okay. like the one-offs. Um, and another one that I really love um, that's been kind of vastly growing is um this brand called geometry house and they're they basically are produce towels um and they're a small business out of san clemente as i said growing pretty fast but um i was one of their first i think five artist collaborations where basically they have in-house designers um who create designs and work that they print on their products and then they started bringing in artist um collaborations so it's december maybe 2021 um and yeah, we, we kind of curated a, a selection of, I think, 10 to 12 different works, and they're printed on um, towels. So beach towels, um, kitchen towels, yoga mats. Um, they have a whole variety of, of products, but that's been um, really exciting because it's a much smaller, like more accessible everyday home item. Um, yeah. And the price point obviously is very different than um, than you know, any fine artwork or even the reproductions of original works. Um, and I think the last component of that is um, that one thing I, I always like to denote is I, I get inquiries about collaborations and partnerships um, more often than I take them. Um, I always want to make sure that anything that I'm anyone who I'm partnering with um, really aligns with like the values, the principles, the aesthetics, the intent of my brand. Um, and so geometry house like it's all sustainably made it's all kind of eco-friendly um con you know there's they go through like water conservation practices it's a small business like within my you know within southern california so the alignment there i always make sure to do my research and it's a really great partnership um for me personally um but that's always you know something that makes me really excited um is when you find those those moments where those the two companies align even though what you're doing is entirely different so yeah amazing and speaking of collaborations um do you work a lot with designers um interior designers here in san diego locally or outside of san diego yeah i mean i do a bit i find um because it's always something that i want to do more um and i okay. know a handful uh, i mean actually I know probably a dozen interior designers locally. I find um, that more often than not designers or maybe for design firms, I guess, depending on the scale, either work with art consultancy firms who have their repertoire of artists, or they do a lot of kind of 
in-house. Like I have three artists that I really like and we work with them primarily and they fit the style of my design aesthetic, which is what my clients are. So I found it honestly um, a little bit hard to tap into the interior design um, community more so than I thought I would. Um, That being said, obviously I have had a number of partnerships, um, you know, a lot of um, kind of the single one-off reproductions for clients' homes. Um, And then a couple, I mean, I work, yeah, with a lot of small businesses, I guess, so more so than residential in terms of the interior designers. So I guess that's, maybe it's more the residential designers that I find um, are very kind of like have their repertoire and they stick with that. But uh, yeah, small businesses, I do a lot of of work with them. Um, Primarily the mural work is what they're, typically most interested in I think it's just a very it's very on trend to have that in a public space um but yeah I mean one of my favorite projects I guess um I worked with it's called the pink swan um it's a subset of a kind of commercial developer uh, development company um but they opened up to kind of created two Airbnb properties and so I got to design um basically different abstract geometric, um, like mini murals to go on either one wall or a corner of a space in each of the different rooms in the property. And it's a massive, I think there's like eight bedrooms or something. Um, So that was kind of a really fun opportunity. Instead of, we started out with the idea of just, you know, taking some of my work or my prints or something and like adorning the walls. And instead we just created little mini like live activated so yeah, cool. mini murals in each of the spaces. And so that was something that was really fun and rewarding. Um, and a, like a kind of a unique project that I think yeah. Um, yeah. could be fun I mean, for, I can totally- for, other, for other designers to keep kind of in mind. Yeah, I think it'd be so fun. I could see you working with um, like designers that are creating these residential spaces. So like these Airbnb yes. res- residential spaces where they're yes. combining these two worlds um just creating these moments for um experience within the compound or the space itself and i understand the pain of being an artist trying to get in touch with designers and that's part of like why i'm creating this sort Mm -hmm. of leg of the design coven because for me it's so important to support our community and the ecosystem of original art artists designers we have as designers we have this gateway to introduce really cool designers that are here locally with these clients that can afford to invest in art Uh and they also are the clientele that want to know who these artists are want to know what the intention is behind all these things want to have a story to share when they are entertaining and having people over um that it's not just something on the wall that they got from you know crate and barrel or something Right, um, but there's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's part of part of all of this, and and I hope mm-hmm. that all of you designers listening to really connect um, with Stephanie and follow. And we're gonna have a beautiful artist talk at Sparks Gallery. Um, and Stephanie's got her opening on the 22nd of October. Um, Stephanie, can you tell us a bit about the work that people are going to be experiencing when they go to the opening or just go and check out the gallery on their own or, and even you know, the designers that are coming to meet you? Sure. Um, it's always so hard to to talk about work because um, it's just sure. so, you know, 
I'm like, how do I reduce it? Um, I just want to read off my whole statement that I wrote. But so, I mean, I, and in, in essence, there's a number of things. Um, I am inspired by, you know, everything. Inspiration overload is my issue more than anything else. But I really say that I'm a painter of light. Um, so I really respond to the interaction of light on landscape and interiors, um, whether that's in abstraction or in an actual literal landscape. Um, that's something that I really love to play with. Um, so for the Spark Show, um, I, I definitely have a collection of works that are kind of my niche. I have an original process that I created um, where I basically create as I, I reduce them to these dreamscapes. So they're combinations mm. of multiple topographies that I blend all together into one, what looks like, you know, landscape or seascape, but they're all uh, surreal. Um, they have qualities that make, could basically make them unable to exist in the way that they're pictured. Um, and they're all very light inspired. Um, and kind of, I like to say like the way you remember or see things when you close your eyes. So kind of like fragmented in pieces and only the very best parts. Um, so there's a collection of, of those um, kind of land and seascapes, uh, surreal lands and seascapes. And then I've created kind of a, um, I mean, it's almost like there's a reduction of, we start with, they're extremely detailed and technical. I mean, an average size painting, like, you know, takes me 40 hours, like a whole work week to do a painting. So um, I kind of start with that really intense detail, technical work and then slowly kind of have this reduction of works that become abstract. So um, I paint a lot of skies uh, and obviously I'm painting light. So the interaction of the sun with with all of the things. But so I have um, the landscapes and then they kind of reduce to these abstracted works, some of which kind of reference just a big expansive sky, some of which are reduced even further to like, uh, you know, even to, to be considered kind of graphic or geometric. Um, but it's almost like a landslide of, of detail to kind of more um, broad. And they also increase in scale that way. So the really fine detailed um, kind of niche work that I'm, I guess I'd say best known for, my brand is best known for, um, are kind of on the smaller scale. And then as I'm kind of reducing those concepts, the works get larger. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, there's a lot, so <laughs> there's a lot to it. I highly recommend if anyone is interested to read the, read the write up that's much more technical and to the point, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of light. It's a lot of color. My palettes are very soft, typically, um, a lot of blues and like peaches of the sky. Um, but I have, you know, a series of, of white paintings that are kind of very much more contemporary. Um, so yeah, just, I am excited to get to show kind of the whole scope and range of the work that I do. That's basic. So what we'll do is we'll put your statement in the show notes too, so people can read it. Okay, cool. Directly <laughs> there. So how we can really get involved. Um, so we've got your opening on the 22nd. What time is the opening at Sparks? It's um, five to eight. We're doing okay. On a Sunday, yeah. And, and the public is welcome to yes okay well yeah. we'll double check um, we'll check this yeah no it's definitely open anyone is welcome um if you rsvp you do get a drink ticket so you get free free wine and snacks if you rsvp but i don't think they're going to turn anyone away regardless so 
but yeah, recommend it to RSVP, but it's open to everyone. It's a free event. Um, it should be a really fun. Amazing. And then we've got our own artist talk that's going to happen with you at, at the gallery as well. So we'll, we'll make sure that we share that with the design mm-hmm. coven. And then uh, what other projects and things do you have coming up that you might want to share with us? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've really been hyper-focusing on the Sparks show, um, even for the past nine months. But um, I mean, I've got a line of commission work that has been put off because I've been focusing on building out the collection. So that's technically nothing anyone would probably see publicly. Um, But I'm really excited. As I said, I, I tend to do a mural every you know, I try to intersperse the mural work and the more public work um, with my kind of private practice um, or not private, but whatever you want to call it, but personal practice. Um, so I've put that off. I haven't been doing that for, as I said, I think my last one I wrapped up in March. So I'm really excited. I have a lot of inquiries um, for mural projects, none that I can like publicly announce yet because we're still in contract phase, but a number of those coming up for late fall, early winter. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure if I'm going to have a holiday event at the, at the my own gallery this year. I usually do, but we may have something at Sparks, actually. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. A lot of things. Cool. Yeah, a lot of things, but uh, no, nothing quite tangible to say to show up to yet besides the gallery show. Yeah. Amazing. Well, we're excited for it. And how can people find you? Where yeah. do we Where do we follow you on Instagram? What's the website? All of those things. Yeah. Um, so my website's just my name, stephaniebales.com. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. It's my primary platform. Um, I basically share everything that's going on um, with my new work, the events, okay. um, all the happenings on there. So that would be the best place. Okay. Um, at just Stephanie Bales Fine Art. Um, and I'm Stephanie Bales Fine Art across all platforms. So yeah. Okay. Or obviously visit me in Amazing. person at the gallery on the weekends. That's always what, you know, seeing the work in person is just, it's incomparable to, to looking at it online. It just doesn't translate. So yeah, absolutely. Amazing. Well, thank you, Stephanie, so much for taking the time to thank you. connect, share your story. And I can't wait to see what comes of all this and hope that more designers get to discover you and connect with you and bring you in to the projects because your work stunning and I can see it in so many so many places thank you so much Rachel I appreciate you having me on you've been listening to the holistic interior design business podcast if it's one that you have been enjoying please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.